Amen. Praise God. Amen. We serve a good God, an awesome God. His mercy endures forever, and his love is everlasting. There is not a day that you get up, I don't care how ugly you feel, ugly you act, what kind of shenanigans you get involved in. He loves you every day. Amen. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. It's been tried. Amen. His love has been tried, and it's been found faithful. So last week we, we started talking about uh, they believed God. They believed God. And we went through Abraham. I'm kind of glad I slowed down a little bit because I was able to find many, many encouraging things, uh, you know, just in studying and, and how God wants us to really understand his love and his uh, selection in, in selecting his people and uh, for different things, uh, the patriarchs, we talk about them in the word of God. We're talking about the older ones, the ones you see in Hebrews 11, like Abraham, and Enoch, and, and uh, David, and Moses, people like that. The older ones that uh, set up the faith that God has given us. The Bible refers to the faith that we live in now as the faith that was once delivered to the saints. So you have a faith package that's been delivered to you, amen, the day you were born again. And that faith package has everything in it that you need for life and godliness. It's not a faith that you start. This faith is an inheritance. It is an inherited faith because you could trace that faith from the, the uh, origins, its origins with our father Abraham, amen. We know Adam had a certain level of faith and, and, you know, all of that. But then when God starts to pull, to select or to look for a covenant people, a people that he can, can live in harmony with, they can get to know him and he can demonstrate who he is through a group of people, it starts with Abraham. So we talked last week about those who are blessed are blessed with him not like him but with him amen we are blessed with faithful abraham so the faith that we receive is an inherited faith and that faith can accomplish in our lives the same thing it had accomplished in his life and that's so important to know we have the same faith not a like faith we have the same faith so that faith is our inheritance that has been left for us by our fathers and it is a a relationship based faith based on relationship with God the Father through his word and so we've been handed the word of God and we've been delivered the faith to implement the word of God for the needs that we have but not only beyond our needs but the things that we are called to do and so your faith includes in it faith for calling not just for you to get bills paid so if you're stressed about bills paid you need to think more about calling because see your calling will take care of your bills absolutely it will so that's what God taught me to do very early in my walk because I had no no real personal life you know just to be honest with you my personal life was was hit you know was in shambles and so when I came to the Lord, it was no problem for me to, to just pick up calling and not let it go. Many times I was tempted to let it go. You understand what I'm saying? But once you pick it up, you can't drop it like, 
I don't do that anymore and go off and do something else. What else you going to do? You know, if if I were to try and go in a hospital and work, I was, I was telling, I think I told Tony and Tippy, I ain't going to say what I said. But I was talking about, the Tippy was, we picked up the bread at Panera, you know. So, you know, when you're called, you do things differently. We don't go to Panera to sit up there. But you look at all those people who should be in church. And it was standing room only in there. And, of course, I wanted to go in there with a whip and a bullhorn <laughs> and tell them something. You understand what I'm saying? I said, the time for nice witnessing is over. You understand what I'm saying? We're dealing with crazy religious devils, crazy carnal devils, crazy all kind of devils, new age devils that think they're smarter than Christians. You know, they look down their noses at us. But one day they'll look up in a fiery hell and want to drink a cold water and can't get one. You understand what I'm saying? It's just true. It's the truth if they don't get saved. And so when we talk about uh, calling, that's what we're called to do. We're called to live differently. Where everybody else is at Starbucks sitting with the Wi-Fi on the free Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff, getting their identity stolen. Because my understanding is that the public places where if you do credit card transactions and stuff on some of those, those are the rightest places for your identity to get transferred and stolen away from you. And so they're, they're setting themselves up for trouble in this life and don't have anything related to eternity either. And so as, as you relate to God in the call that he has placed in your life, and what, he, what has he told you to do? First and foremost, and see, Abraham was mindful of this at all times, is his call and his election before God. With Abraham, it intertwined with his personal life, didn't it? Because God promised Abraham a son. So God knows how to intertwine your personal life with the call. You don't have to worry about, oh, if I, if I spend a whole lot of time doing this for God, well, I got other things to do. I can't stay up in the church all day long. Nobody asking you for all that. You know, God gives you ample time to goof off and get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? You know, thank God he gives you something that's of eternal value to do for him or we'd be totally lost. You know, that little private area, or you know, your personal area, couldn't get much life into it either if you quit doing what you the little bit that we do for God. You know what I'm saying? And so it's amazing how God will take our small efforts and bless us tremendously with them when we put him first. The kingdom always comes first. Amen. For once you can get yourself off the throne and quit worrying about what you're going to eat, drink, wear, who bought what and how much they paid for it and you got to get one too. You understand what I'm saying? Who's on Project Runway and who's, you know what I'm saying, who ain't doing this and doing that. Whatever we think is so important to us, whatever we crave, we can put that aside and, and receive other things in life to, to give us a good foundation. God knows the things that you enjoy. He'll make sure there's enough joy in your life. But your first joy has got to be in him, delight in him, amen, and, and understand eternity, how it relates in your life. So Abraham, being the father of our faith, left footprints for us to walk in, a pattern 
amen, of life. At, at every single turn, and I think this is, if you don't remember anything about the, the patriarchs of the Bible, they were human beings, they were men, as a, the Bible says, Elijah was a man of like passions just like us. They were no different than you and me, no different. They made mistakes, they got in the flesh, they got in a hurry for stuff. They got discouraged. They got mad at God. People got mad at them. Sometimes they retaliate. Sometimes they hold their peace. David was on his way to failing miserably as the next king of Israel over pride. Got me? When he had his young men to look out for Nabal's uh, sheep and his herdsmen, and they refused, they were refused a blessing in return how many times have you done something for somebody and they didn't you know as christians we learn to live to to make those offerings to god god i did that is unto you they don't have to give me anything you understand what i'm saying i'm not gonna fall out with nobody because of the way they quote unquote treat me because god treats us well you know he makes up for all that nonsense amen but David was on his way to losing all that, and God sent a prophetess to him to speak to him. And when he started listening for that familiar voice of the Spirit of God was when he turned around, or he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been the David that we know in the Bible. Amen. And she told him, don't throw. She said, when you're in your throne in your palace, you'll look back at this and say it's nothing. And he snapped out of his angry mind and snapped back over into his right mind. Amen. And went on and obeyed God. Sometimes it takes that in your life. Thank God for the people who have God's word in their mouth that will snap you out of your carnality. Amen. And snap you back over into the spirit of God where you belong. And so these people were exactly like we are. But they trusted God. They never, faith never gives up trusting God. Amen. When you put your faith in God, then you take on the attributes of God. Anything, anybody you put your confidence in, you take on their attributes. If you were to come over to my house and, and my, my uh, electricity wasn't working and you said, well, Pastor Barb, I think I know how to fix that. I would be crazy to not let you just have that and do what you know to do. Why would I come sticking my little screwdriver up in there trying to help you out? So why do we do that with God? Wind up get the shock of your life. <laughs> Put that screwdriver in a live wire. You'd be, you'd be some place else tomorrow. You see what I'm saying? And so we need to understand that when we put our faith and our confidence in God, then he's in charge. He's driving the, the bus. Okay? He's in charge of the show. And he looks at that as righteousness. He says, oh, you trust me? Then I'll put my righteousness upon you. Amen. He said, I'll impute, I'll reward you for putting your confidence in me, and I will impute my righteousness to you. When God sees you believing him, I don't care if you're struggling. I don't care if your confession is raggedy. I don't care if you don't feel holy and righteous today. When he sees you trusting him and letting go, then he shuts down all opposition to anything that you're believing for. You see, he opposes, he opposes the unrighteous. If you insist upon speaking doubt, 
He'll withdraw his help from you and let you go down. Now the Holy Spirit will, will try and speak to you and convict you and put you on the right path. God will send messengers to you to give you a word, to try and encourage you to get back over where you belong. But once you step into his righteousness, there's no law against that. All opposition to your request is dead. You got me? So it cannot be stopped. That's why the devil tries so hard. What does he do? First thing you do is tempt us to get out of the will of God, get over in the sin, get over in the carnality, and start acting stupid and talking stupid if he can get us to go that way. But the people that we're talking about, that, that they believe God, these are people that chose righteousness. They chose to live right. We talked about righteousness being right thinking, right speaking, right wiseness, right wisdom, right thoughts, right everything right in line with God's word. That's what righteousness is. It's to choose that. And it's not to overlook your carnality, you ask God to help you deal with that. Part of repentance is that you don't keep doing it over and over again and think it's a joke. Where your sins, your little devils ain't cute no more. You understand what I'm saying? You know, people get in the habit sometimes of just overlooking these things. God doesn't overlook them. He's, he's made provision for you to overcome them, not overlook them. It's a big difference. Your sins are forgiven if you confess them. If you're slow to apologize to people, you need to step it up. You know, just like if you, if you say, for instance, if I stepped on Avis's toe, I said, oh, excuse me, girl, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. We need to be quick to do the same thing with everybody and with God. When we sin, we offend him. We need to tell him we're sorry. We need to ask his pardon. You understand what I'm saying? This, this nonsense, people, you know, we've got people with all kind of junk clinging on to them. And they're, I'm blessed and I'm favored and I'm highly this and highly that. And they're, they're lowly Amen. in what they do. You know, understand what I'm saying? You know the difference between people who really live for God and people who are putting on. And these people I'm talking about today really live for God. And they really did, men. And no, and they made mistakes, but they got back to the altar and got it right and kept going. You understand what I'm saying? You don't move forward until you, you know you're right with God. So God left help for people, for his righteous people. I mean, you get all kind of help. When you make up your mind, you're going to keep going on with God. Amen. So today we're going to talk about Mary. And if you'll turn to Luke chapter 1, we'll pick up her story a very interesting person abraham was 90 years old when he met god he's old enough to live on his own long enough to know he (laughs) didn't want to do that anymore and he made a switch mary is probably either 16 or 17 when she meets god so here we got people at all ends of the spectrum age-wise experience-wise We believe that Mary was raised in a typical Hebrew household. We believe she had training in God and in his word. She was not a rookie when it came to the things of God. She was disciplined into the lifestyle of serving God. So in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 is where we start with her. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth 
to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, or hello, or, you know, typical salutation. You are highly favored. So the first thing he tells her, she's highly favored. In other words, I'm not coming with bad news. I'm coming with good news. Because when you see an angel, you don't know. Because they are an awesome sight. People who have seen angels tell us that that they are now. I've seen angels' feet in the the bottom of their robes. And I never (laughs) felt brave enough to look up. <laughs> just the bottom of the row. But, you know, I would see them oftentimes like that in our meetings when we first had our meetings. That was God's way of reassuring me that he was with us in, in these things. You know, remember we would have people stand at the altar and they would get drunk and, because angels were holding them up at the altar and so forth and so on and so that's that's i i saw jesus a visitation from jesus like that just a robe and bottom of feet and i just kept staring down so it's a good thing to do sometimes because you know what i'm saying it's just i'm i'm that's me that's that's how i respond to that kind of thing but anyway it says here he says you are highly favored in other words i have good news for you this is a good news visit. It's not a bad news visit. And he says, um, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So the angel comes and he speaks what we call favorably to her. It's very important how you respond and how the word of God is presented to you when it's going to be life-changing. It can be life-changing at any time. And so he's beginning to get her confidence that she can relax and allow him to deliver the message. It's very important when God begins to speak to us, whether it's in your heart, through the word, or whatever, that you relax to to hear and receive what God is saying to you. Because unbelief is met differently from God than faith is and God will do everything he can to help your faith so that your faith can for faith to work it has to welcome the news of God it has to God has to have a place to to enter into your heart and into your mind and fill you up and and arrest your your resistance to the word when when the angel visited Zechariah in the temple remember him Zechariah you know, was in there doing his little religious thing, which he's done forever. You know, he's a faithful priest. But when he spoke to the angel, and the angel told him that his wife, he and his wife would have a child, and he questioned the angel, and the angel told him that he would not be able to speak until that boy was born. It was because when he questioned him, there was a resistance to believing So God said, well, I'm going to bless you anyway, but I'm not going to let you mess it up. You're going to shut up until it's time for you to talk again. You understand what I'm saying? And so, see, this just lets you know how determined God is to get things done. If he's got to put restraints on you to bless you, he'll do that. If he's determined to get things done, 
The Bible talks about things being done in the fullness of time. It was time for this. So you'll see God do extraordinary things to get his will into the earth when it's time. Amen. And so that's why it's so important for us to respect the timing of God. Not want to rush things. Not want to. Most of, mostly we want stuff because we're tired of believing God. And that ain't right. We need to be glad to see the longer you can hold on to something, the better it is for you. Because you'd be one of those people that the devil can't kill. You, you can get on your, almost on your deathbed and prophesy another 15 years. You got me? If you're that way. And so we have to understand that when God, when it's time for something, God will suspend animation. He'll suspend voices. He'll suspend people. He'll stir people up. He'll do all kinds of things because it's time. He knows how to deal in things. When he's, you know, gracious to us and, and giving us time to make up our mind to do things, that's because he got time. Sometimes he don't have time for your shenanigans, you know, and mine either. He's got enough time to get certain things done. And, and we think time is dragging, but it's going right the way it's supposed to go in God's kingdom. You understand me? You know, I would see women, you know, they, they'd say things like, well, uh, you know, my husband, he don't do this, and he don't do that, and he don't do that. And then the Lord would shut me. He said, you don't have time to play around like that. And see, when my husband was sick and died of cancer prematurely, I realized what he meant. I had just enough time to be a good wife and convince him that he wanted to serve God so that he could get saved and go to heaven. You understand? I had just enough time. We didn't have time to, to retire and spend our latter year. We had just enough time to get him saved. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So I'm telling you, don't play around with these things. You think you got forever to, you know, well, I was believing for my husband, but I quit. You don't have time for that. You just don't have time. You understand what I'm saying? We have time to obey God. No time to waste down here. So anyway, Mary, this angel, appears to her, and he begins to reassure her. People who are highly favored get reassurance, but they don't get pampered because they don't need it. I'm going to say that again. You know why? Because when people talk about favor, they talk, you know, I see them on the Internet, all these little, what are they called, memes, the little things with the writing and the pictures. All the highly favored ones have the uh, studded high heel shoes in them. Mary didn't have no studded high heel shoes. I don't know, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking the girl wore her sandals. Well, let's be normal here. You ain't highly favored. You got a job. You got bills. You got payments. You don't have no man helping you so you can spend your money with like you want to. So that's what they mean by highly favored. That ain't this. That ain't this, okay? Let me get this. And you on the Internet, that ain't this. And you can tell them high heel people I told you. That ain't what I'm talking about here. Talk about the favor of God. So he tells her, fear not, fear not. He said, you are highly favored. In other words, she was not random. When God comes to you, you're not random. He knows you by name. He's looking for you. 
he comes to your address he comes in your face and he tells you what he wants you to know when he tells her fear not this speaks volumes because what he begins to impart to her with his words and with his presence is something that's going to have to carry her beyond this conversation when god tells you to fear not he means fear not right now fear not 10 minutes from now fear not 10 months from now fear not 10 years from now fear not because this experience is going to change your life for a long time huh so you can't fear all the way down the line when he tells her it's nothing scary coming to you he means that because at every juncture of this girl's life from this point on there's fear there's reason to fear you got me but he's already put in her the fear not so that when these times of trouble or times when she's not sure what's going to happen she reflects on this oh yeah the angel told me not to fear i can't let that stop me i gotta keep going god's with me he's going to take care of me there's a lot to take care of in these situations and so she is told not to fear not now not ever all the way down the line because it's going to change you sister and it's changing her for the good of all the the people spoken of in the bible there's never anything negative in this woman's life you ever notice that everything about her is all good you got me so the favor of god means that from this moment on it's going to be all good it's going to be trouble here and there but he's working it out for your good there is stuff to be afraid of but you don't have to pick up fear because god is with you amen to be highly favored means that he is with you what does the bible talk about when he talks about favor let's see in psalm 5 12 it says here that he surrounds his beloved these people aren't strangers to him huh beloved means right up here amen you're close enough you're not scared of god he ain't scared of you amen so you're close to him you walk close to him says he surrounds his beloved with favor as with a shield so but favor is both protective because a shield is protective and it's it's offensive in that it allows you into certain things and certain doors that may have been closed to you in the past it's selective in that not everybody gets what you get you got me we all have favor we we all are are subject to god's favor we all can walk in it but you got to walk with god he's your shield he's your you don't just take favor and run off to the to the dress shop and leave god out there in the car oh come on now now listen don't go baptist on me today don't start that stuff jesus my man i leave him in the car and i just go shopping give me all these favors thank you everybody holding their breath y'all can exhale okay all right it gets better (laughs) but it shows you how carnal our thinking is when you talk about favor favor comes into your life for a holy purpose 
because God's involved in it. It's not just for a discount on a dress that you've been watching. It's a little witchcraft. Bibbidi bobbidi. Huh? That's true. Favor will get you indoors that ordinary living would never, you wouldn't even think of getting these doors open for you. That's what, that's God's favor. It's a door that he has created for you for divine purpose that you even don't want to go in. It would never occur to you to enter into some of the things that God has prepared for us. That's what divine favor is. It's not this, you know, I can get 15 pairs of high heels off of somebody. It's true. Huh? My closet full of shoes has more to do with my carnality than it does to do with God's favor. See, because whether I get them discounted stuff, if I want them, I'm going to find a way. You understand what I'm saying? It has nothing to do. Now, most of the time we go shopping, we hope God ain't woke up yet. You under- I mean, that's the way I shop. I don't... Now, on my good days, I can harness myself and wait for it. But that ain't every day. I'm going to confess it. You understand what I'm saying? So let's get this idea about divine favor straightened out right now. It ain't about that. (laughs) You know, we live more on mercy than we do a lot of things. You leave, you leave favor out the door. Listen, mercy was what got me home about five minutes before my husband got there on many days when I shouldn't have been out doing nothing else. You understand what I'm saying? He come in with his list. Did you get this done? Did you get, he just, like a machine gun, man. You had to stand the attention and report. I, I'm, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think he was. You know, I said it's a good thing he wasn't one of the brothers that feel the hood of your car to see. <laughs> I'd have been busted. Mercy, honey, mercy. Thank God for it. You understand what I'm saying? Thank God for it. <laughs> Whee! In favor of God. It's a shield for us. It protects us. You know what it protects us from? Going the wrong way. Well, you think you're making all the right decisions all the time? Really? There's a block on you. Uh, it's called favor. Amen? You're so favored by him. He doesn't want you getting involved in anything that he's not a part of. When he says he's a jealous God, that's what that means. You have a shield against the wicked one when you have God's favor. Favor is an attitude of approval or liking. God likes you. Huh? He likes you. There's a favor scale. God will favor us in areas where we maybe have comfort, we have skill, we have expertise, and we have faithfulness with him. He will favor you in some areas like that. Where it's easy for you to do and he will push you up on the list, so to speak, because he's tried you in certain things. 
Favor is a counterpart to faithfulness. Can he count on you? Huh? When God told Mary he, she was highly favored, highly favored, there's, you mean God, there are degrees? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If he didn't mean it, he wouldn't have said it. Highly favored. You know what that means in this, this, at our current day? Mary, you my ride or die chick. Huh? I know you're going to do this. You know, boom. Because you done done enough for me before. I know what you can do. You see? Favor is for the proven. You don't just jump up because you realize you were saved yesterday and claim favor. Are you kidding me? God got to know where you are at all times. Huh? You think a real husband is tough. You, you. <laughs> huh? He's a crazy boyfriend. One that don't want you talking to nobody. Huh? You know, if you see somebody, you know you got this. Huh? Do more sign language than anything else with some of them brothers. You know what I'm saying? Why? They married you. They intend to stay married to you. All the single women that got scared. What is she talking about? What is she, I didn't see that in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading from the new exotic version. It's an eye popper. <laughs> Favor is an attitude of approval or liking. You know what? We're scared to think of God like this. Because mostly we try to figure out how we feel toward him. We dare not think what he thinks about us. You mean you actually, God, you really actually think something about me? Yeah. It's an attitude of approval or liking, an attitude. God has an attitude towards you. And it's approval or liking. It's kindness beyond what is due or normal. Kindness. This is not something you earn. It's just God looks at you and his heart is either warmed or he'll vomit. You understand what I'm saying? Beyond what is due, normal, usual. Favor is also grace. He graciously extends to you the ability in the open door. It means a good turn, benevolence. Favor also means to indulge someone. Now, God's indulged me several times in my life. You know, it's not spoiling. It, God is extravagant. He looks at, at a 10-carat diamond and thinks nothing of it. He'd easily give it to one of his kids. He wants to bless you, and he knows that's in your heart, and you like that stuff. <laughs> you know, raise your hand up. You know, it's like, that's right, God, to choose me. You got any up there? I'll receive it. Huh? Whether you think you can afford it or not, it don't hurt you to like it. Most of y'all can't afford what you got. You understand what I'm saying? It's killing you now. So it don't stop you from liking it. God never stops you from liking things. <laughs> think what would happen if we got honest one day. You understand? Think what would happen to your closet, your garage, if you just got honest with God one day. 
say, God, I like that. They say, I'm going to get it for you. It means to lean toward. God's leaning toward you. He's inclining his ear. He's turning his countenance toward you. Amen. Favor can also mean unfairly preferential treatment. See? Now, what it it means, and that is not that God is unrighteous, but to the the human eye, it looks unfair. That's what that means. God's always fair. He knows what he's doing. Favor in your sight implies that you are being watched. This is what a lot of Christians don't like. They don't like the idea that God is watching. He's evaluating. He's... Judging. Oh my. Huh? What do you think he's just sitting up there like Santa Claus passing out stuff for no reason? He will not give put into the hands of unfaithful people things that are important to him. He's not gonna do it. I don't care how nice you think you're being by being foolish like that, but God gives more to faithful people. He gives less to unfaithful people. Got me? So when you're faithful, God can can trust you with more things. In Exodus 33, let me turn there. I found this one just this morning. Make sure it's reading right. Favor has to come into your life for God to even teach you. You got me? We think we're doing something big by not coming to church, not reading our word. It's because you lack favor. It's that you don't do these things. Exodus 33:13. See, this will straighten all this favor crap right up. You understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm glad God gave me this today because that's a term Christians throw around for anything. He says, now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in your sight or favor in your sight, show me now the way that I may know you and I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. So in other words, if if you think I'm worthy, that's what favor is, is it gives you an impression of worthiness and ease with God, not that he's, you know, lacks or anything like that he's still god he still has all of his standards and the the humble person will check to make sure that god has approved of them thus far and he's willing to take them farther you know when our life kind of stalls and is not going the way we thought it was supposed to be that's the first thing we do is wonder what happened that we don't have the open door well you're trying to find out from god if you favor me and you think i'm ready for this next step show me your way favor invites you into the secrets of god the mysteries of god the revelation of god the teachings of god you find people who are experts at what they do say if you you have a kid that likes to tumble and you know gymnastics and that kind of thing you don't get them olympic people you don't get in a gym if your kid is not up to a certain standard you understand what i'm saying 
people who have expertise don't easily invest themselves in people who don't show show them something that they're able to see that it's going to pay off if they invest. It's an investment for them. It's the same thing with God. Why would man have a higher standard than God? It's the same thing with God. You'll see these people that are, are, are in the music industry, you know, these producers, they call themselves, whatever they call themselves. You'll see them, you know, certain people can be around them in certain their inner circle, outer circle, all that kind of stuff. And if you, have, if you want to be in their entourage, they'll test you to see how much you're willing to be in there. You understand? They'll give you the worst job to do and not much time of your own to do anything else with. Are you devoted? That's what it's about. And so God has a right to expect that like kind of commitment out of his people. Amen. He has a right to expect that. Why? Because he's getting us involved in, in precious eternal things. Amen. Precious eternal things. Favor means you go to the head of the line. If there's a line, if things are limited, you have to think of yourself that way. You have to quit thinking of uh, there's only so many jobs or there's only so much this or somebody's more qualified than you. You know, you keep disqualifying yourself based on, you know, find out what you need to do for God for him to bump you up to the front of the line. Maybe you need to sow more things into God. Maybe you need to do more for the saints. You know, that, that helps too. In fact, that's first on the list. In Proverbs 3, in verse 4, he said, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Let's see, 3 verse 4. Oh, so, uh, yeah, let not mercy and truth forsake you. This is 3, 3. Bind them about your neck. In other words, you know, if you've got something around your neck, <laughs> you like Coco. She don't care about that collar on her neck. She wears, she don't wear it. I think I say, how would I feel if that was on my neck all the time? I'd be, well, when he says bind them on your neck, that means you can grab them and remind yourself. Constant remembrance. Anything that was tied around your neck was done there for a constant remembrance of things. That's why people, when they buy uh, jewelry, they'll put precious things around their neck because they, it's a constant reminder there. And he says, bind them about your neck, write them upon the table of your heart. So shall you find favor, mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. Let them be your constant companion. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So if you're a merciful person, you're a person that walks in the word, walks in the spirit of God, walks in the fruit of the spirit, then you will find favor with God. So these are some of the things that Mary was, was acquainted with. This is how she lived her life. This is how she found favor with God. Amen. And not only favor, but highly favored. Highly favored. She did everything with God as her guide and as her judge, as her leader, as her master. Everything to be highly favored. Did she do wrong? Sure she did wrong. She was human. You got skin on you, you're going to do something wrong. But not consistently and not without going to God and making the appropriate sacrifice and offering for the remission of her sins 
And so God is looking at all of these things. How do you live? Are you available? Huh? And so Mary then, after the, the angel greets her, let me turn back over there to Luke chapter 1. <coughs> he tells her not to fear, tells her she's found favor. When you said that to a Hebrew, they knew exactly what you meant. Amen. And it wasn't about any kind of shopping spree or anything like that. It was about how you lived your life. This is important. Your spiritual life was important to you. And then when you started to, to get open doors from God, you found out how did you measure up in the way you live your life. And that's, that's part of what we need to find out. We shouldn't be afraid of that. For us, it's easily correctable. Anything that you do wrong is easily correctable. Why? You have an advocate in heaven. You have somebody up there who's willing to go to bat for you if you'll confess and humble yourself before him. It's all about staying humble before God. It's all that this life is about, really. It's all it's about. And so in verse, let me think, verse, where are we at? Verse 30, 32. He says, fear not, you're highly favored. So he's telling her, I come to do you good. This, this journey or this door that's about to open for her is going to be very perilous for Mary. She's a, a, a young woman, you know, not a girl. She's a young woman. She's engaged to a godly man. Amen. She understands enough about Hebrew history and about scripture, about the law, about the word, to understand that her she's being invited in to a place where few ever get to go. So she understands that. Once you start understanding those things about yourself and God, it's helpful to stay close to God, closer to God now than you've ever been before. And and here again, we have to kind of debunk some of this nonsense about open doors. Most people think open door refers to material things. Open doors can be, when, when Daniel went in the lion's den, that was a what? Tell me about it. You understand me? That was a, a door that God went in with him because he was highly favored of God. How you like them apples? But I bet you one thing, when he came out of there... He was, it was a whole different show for him. Huh? They thought Daniel was, was exalted before then, but after he survived the night with the lions, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo! Your heart and your flesh want to get involved in that way. You know what I'm saying? Woo! So this is going to change her. And this angel says, Gabriel sets her up for this. He said, Mary, this is going to be life changing. God said the same thing to each and every one of us that's saved. Salvation, this relationship with God is life changing. You cannot go back to life the same old way. You can't go, you know, and don't think you're doing God's will if you're throwing him a crumb by doing a little bit every now and then. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about people who are smack dab in the center of God's will, and it ain't new to them. You know, sometimes we do a little something for God and talk about it for 10 years because we can't get over ourselves that we forgot ourselves long enough to do something for somebody else. 
What things did, did, was Mary looking forward to in her life? Well, she's looking forward to getting married. That's almost not going to happen. See, with, see, all of these things that she's been looking forward to, they go on the altar. You understand what I'm saying? It's a good place to put it there and leave it there. I'm going to say it again. You know, people think they're... The, uh, Oh, yeah, I'm going to be one of them people that's going to get married this year. You don't know that. Has God said that to you personally? Huh? Let me see the ring. Let me see where's the man. Where's the woman? Where's anything? Let me see some evidence. I do real marriages to real people at a real altar. I ain't into this fictitious stuff. That brother come in there on one of your good days and scream with all the junk you got sitting there. Come on now. Am I telling the truth, Poppy? Hmm? You know, if your surroundings still making people scream, you got a little waiting to do. You ain't ready yet. You ain't ready yet. Them brothers don't like no excuses. I'm going to tell you. I'm talking about real brothers, you know what I'm saying? The ones that's going to, you know, step up to the plate and stuff. These men now, I don't know, they don't know if they're gay, they're straight. They... Mm-hmm. Some of them like getting bossed around. You stay away from them. Because huh? if they let you boss them around, they let anybody else boss them around. I don't want nobody like that. I want somebody who's going to stand up, got some backbone. Huh? Tell them you gonna be the only boss. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm messing with you. Huh? Her marriage was in peril. For what God was gonna require. Anything, anytime you have God's favor, you're gonna have to make sacrifices a long way. You need to make sacrifices to get favored by God. Her home life, her family life, all of these things were in jeopardy. Security, reputation, you know, her standing in the religious community, all of this was going to be on the altar for what she had to do in God. See, ride or die chicks is like that. You understand? They don't count the cost. They know it's going to cost them something. They expect it to cost them something, and they don't care. Why? Because they're doing this for their God. You understand what I'm saying? So every life as she has known it thus far is going to radically change. And it's going to change quickly, and it's going to continue to change. So her life is going to be one change after the other after the other. And at every turn, she's going to have to risk letting something go or let something go, never to retrieve it back again. She finds out when she takes Jesus in to be dedicated after he's born that he's going to be set for the rising and falling of the nation of Israel. And I was like, what? Messiah is supposed to straighten everybody's life out. This is supposed to be a wonderful deal when he comes. It's going to be a real challenge, Mary. You're going to see your son murdered right before your eyes. Not me. But fear not. You can't say that to a lot of people. 
You can't say that to a lot of Christians. Fear not. But you can say it to the ones who are what? Highly favored. Well, you can still have favor. You understand what I'm saying? Just don't get discouraged. (laughs) But when you're highly favored, you're somebody in God's kingdom that is slated for things that are going to change nations change the world, change people, change a culture, all of these things in the way God wants it changed. Martin Luther King was slated for that. He talked about the time he was so fearful. He was very sensitive. Prophetic people are. I mean, even though he wasn't in a spirit-filled type of denomination. You know, you don't know his relationship with God. But he said he was fearful A lot. And he had an experience with God. You know, they were threatening to blow up his house, kill his children, kill his wife, all these things constantly. And he said that he spoke to God and had a conversation with him. He never told anybody what he said in the conversation. But he said when he came out of that place, he said he was never afraid for his life or his family any longer. So God, if he's something he wants you to do, favor is equipment. It's the shield that surrounds you so that the enemy can't talk you out of what you have to do. He can't cause you to quit on it, to mess it up. You need that shield surrounding you so you can stay the course. So favor surrounds you so that you can only go God's direction. It hems you in to to do the things that God wants you to do. You need to call for that. You need to ask God, God, can you place your favor on me in a greater way so that I can endure some of these things, so that I can stay faithful to what you call me to do. God, you've told me to do such and such and so and so, and I somehow I can't get it in gear to do it. God, you've got to give me favor. Am I favored before you so that you can help me with this? Got me? So he he starts to give her the promise, starting in verse, I think it's 31. He tells her this. He says, he said, Mary, (coughs) excuse me, Ah, verse, yeah, 31. Behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great. Now, she's a taught Hebrew girl. She knows what that name means. Amen. From Isaiah, he said he mentions that that the the child that he's talking about in the book of Isaiah shall be called Jesus, which means savior, because he will save the nation from their sins. Many people in Israel, just like Christians nowadays, forget that God is here to save us from our sins so we can live righteous for before him so that our lives can be blessed. We think Jesus is here to help us when we're in trouble or give us stuff when we need it. And that's part of it, but that's not his primary purpose for being here. This is why Jesus was missed. The Bible says he came to his own, his own received him. Not why, because they were looking for him to do something besides save him from their sins. They were looking for somebody to overthrow Caesar. His own disciples that kept arguing about who's going to be first. I'm going to sit at your right hand. I'm going to sit at your left hand. They were all looking for power, status. Same thing you see Christians looking for now. All of them looking for power, status, money. 
everything but somebody can help them walk righteous. That's why we got so many of them backslide and get caught in their sin that they've been hiding for years. CEO of a multi-million dollar ministry in adultery. How does that happen? Hmm? Don't know and don't want to know. I'm trying to stay in the highly favored bunch. I know he came to save me from me. Because I get dangerous if I get too far over in the flesh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't like it over there. Don't want to go over there. But everybody had their own idea about the Messiah. Nobody was looking. Even when the disciples would cast out a devil, they thought that was the biggest thing since sliced bread. Jesus said, don't be making, you know, make thinking that's a big deal. The big deal is you can get saved. Always bringing them back into the central theme. He says his name will be called Jesus. I'm sure that registered with her. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now this is what the Jews were looking for. When you say throne of David, they equate that with a natural kingdom. We're talking about an eternal throne. Seated in heavenly places, far above all princes. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear something about, you know, ten pairs of studded sequin shoes. You know what I'm saying? Christian Lubu, I don't know his name, but they got the red bottoms on them. Well, go get you some red paint and paint them up, but you know, and just go be happy with the rest of the fakers. (laughs) He'll be great. Some sisters, if they heard that, man, they could work that into something. (laughs) He says, he'll be called the son of the highest. God will give to him, give to him the throne of his father, David. He won't have to fight for it. It's already granted to him. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Other those converts, the house of Israel. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now this registers with somebody who's taught. See, God couldn't go. This is why she's highly favored. He couldn't go to the average churchgoer or synagogue goer back in the day. Because he, they, it wouldn't register with them all of these things that are true about Jesus the Messiah. Talking about an eternal throne. Of his kingdom there will be no end. She could go right in her mind to the book of Isaiah and understand exactly who he was talking about. And it says, <clears throat> then Mary said to the angel, how, shall, how is this going to happen seeing as how I'm a virgin? How's this going to happen? Very, why would she ask that question? That seems like a... But that's a loaded question. Uh, that ain't just dumb. Because see, when Hebrew, when you get ready to get married, you know what you're getting ready to get into. You understand what I'm saying? They teach their children the truth. Not the dirty truth. It's not Carl and dirty or anything like that. But it's basic 
human biology and how love operates and how marriage operates. So she understands that she ain't done that yet. And she's also letting him know she ain't intending to do it. That ought to play real big on Facebook. I think I'll book that one, Dano, and put it right up there. Doesn't the Bible tell you to test the spirits? To see if they, that's what she's doing. She said, if he hit me with some shenanigans, I know this ain't God. Huh? See, we hear all these great and lofty things and wonderful things and all this running around, and we're ready to run off with it. Uh, Mary said, wait a minute. What did you say your name was? <laughs> really? She finds out who sent her. Huh? Mary a lot smarter. That's why she highly favored. She been living a holy life, and she ain't about to get involved in no shenanigans like this. Huh? All these promises are very fantastic. There are a lot of Hebrew girls that are devout that might want to be the mother of the, the Lord of glory. But God's got to have the, his, these his ride and die people. You understand me? It, it, all that sounds fantastic, God, but wait a minute. I see where we might get a few loopholes here. Huh? And number one, I got to know exactly how this is going to happen because I intend to be a virgin until I marry Huh? He said, he said, verse 35, this is, this is powerful, because this is how you really receive from God. This puts you on a different path when you are highly favored of God to do something that he wants you to do. It puts you on a totally different path. You got me? It's going to draw you closer to him than ever before. Because he says this, he says in verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest. No man involved, Mary. Uh, No sin involved. I'm glad you asked that question. He said the power of the highest will overshadow you. Man. He says here. And that which you are going to conceive, man, he says it will, uh, therefore also that holy, the holy thing or holy one you shall, that shall be born of you shall be called the son of God. He says, and on top of that, I'm going to give you a testimony to encourage your faith. He said, your cousin Elizabeth, she also has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. <clears throat> so he says, Mary, you, gonna, you can take this one to the bank. He says, because don't worry about a thing. The power of the highest, the Holy Spirit, will come upon you. Amen. This was new for everyday Hebrew people because the power of the, of the Holy Spirit was for the priest and the prophet, and the king alone. This is telling her that you being an ordinary girl, you're going to have the same thing that the king, you are so highly favored. 
God's going to put his spirit upon you in the same manner, but in a very unique way so that you can conceive what God wants you to have and only God wants you to have. Time spent in prayer with God. I know people, all oh, everybody birthing something, okay? That's... You know, I mean, your mind goes beyond nonsense sometimes. Because that's just a carnal mind trying to conceive of a holy thing. He says, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Let me see where my word, what that word means. I wanted to share that with you. Okay, overshadow, one of the definitions means to cast a shade upon. Bible speaks of God, you're the shade on my right hand, amen. So it's a protective shadow. Overshadow also means to envelop in a haze of brilliancy. So all of these things are going to happen to Mary. It also means to invest with supernatural influence, to overshadow something. Overshadow also means to be of more significance than something, more significant and important than a lesser something. So what he's saying here, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you in a shadow of brilliancy, and what is produced will overshadow who you are, your DNA, your heritage, your sins, your faults, The most important aspect of this is that this will be a sinless child that she's going to bring forth. His power will overcome you, come upon you. We don't know if Mary was slain in the spirit. We don't know where this happened or when it happened. We see the product of it happening. So it did happen. And he says, you'll birth the son of God. And this son of God, this is a Abrahamic promise. So she is in the faith of Abraham. She's in her rightful inheritance. Amen. Because everybody can be, everything can be traced back to Abraham's faith. Mary has the faith of Abraham. She inherited his faith through the stories that were told her in the knowledge of the scriptures. Good Hebrews rehearsed in the ears of their children not who they didn't like and who wasn't going to treat them right and who ain't going who you need to beat up at school but they had rehearsed in the children's ears the good things that God had done in their people and would do again for people who were faithful takes a sacrifice got to sacrifice all your little carnal stories you want to tell and tell truth favor does not come from nowhere there's a reason for favor amen So you can see it where it comes from. It's produced in God for people that measure up to what he wants them to do. Favor also means that God will move powers, principalities out of the way for you so that you can do his will. You've got to be in the will of God. This is not for something that you just want for you. So she was actually the Esther of her time, being highly favored by God the way she was and willing to give her life. If I perish, I perish. Got to obey God. Gave up her reputation. 
gave up the, you know, big Jewish wedding. You know, probably wasn't going to be that. Because here she's got a live baby and her husband's standing beside her. So it probably won't go, you couldn't find a rabbi worth his salt that'd get involved in that. You understand what I'm saying? So when, when she talks to the angel, she finds out all of these details. The angel then boosts her faith by telling her about her cousin Elizabeth. And what does Mary do? She can go check it out. <laughs> she said, this ain't my first rodeo, Gabriel. I don't care who you said you were and all that light shining, all that stuff. And you tell me all this good stuff, but I'm going to check this out for myself. Verse 38, Mary said this. He said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. She said, In other words, I am your servant. I am the servant of God. Let it be unto me according to your word. That's all you got to do is say yes to God. Don't stand there and think about it. I mean, you might have to clear up a few things like Mary did. But she's moving toward believing. The difference between her and Zacharias, her questions are moving her toward believing. His were were expressions of doubt. Amen. And so it, it says here in verse 39, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. She didn't have to get 15 confirmation. Well, you know what, God? You need to send me a plane ticket because, you know, the last time I went in the car, I was. I mean, that's typical of service. We get them letters from people all the time. They got a whole list of stuff they want from us before they'll come up, come up here, and then we see what they got, which ain't worth the, you know what I'm saying. You know, that makes you triple. (laughs) I bless them at all times. She went with haste to the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, Her baby, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. So the baby signals to the mother when it's in life and when it's not in life. Babies talk to mothers when they're in the womb, you know. That kicking means it's a good sign, you know what I'm saying? Everything's fine. Oftentimes it can be in response to concerns on the part of the mother. You know, women who have had babies will tell you that. You know, I was sitting there and I was thinking, oh, I had the baby move in such a long time. Boop! You know, I'm here. Fear not, Mom. Huh? Amen. Amen. And so in the same way, John talks to his mother, Elizabeth. And he says, she was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, this is before Pentecost. Here you got she being a, she's a priest's wife, but that don't make her no priest. Huh? My husband, I slept with him every night, and he wasn't anointed to preach. <laughs> Joyce Meyer tell you the same thing about her husband. <laughs> they tried to get him to preach, and he was never anointed. So she'll tell you that don't work. So God selected Elizabeth, highly favored. And she spoke out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. Catholics like that so much they made a prayer out of it. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
And what is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So Elizabeth knows the whole scoop. So this is a divine appointment. Mary has been brought there by the Holy Spirit. And, and Mary, is that's a, a good place. See, this is favor surrounding her as a shield. Huh? Zacharias is still in a coma from, from his experience in the, the temple. He ain't saying nothing. He, he don't want nothing to eat. He don't, want, <laughs> he don't want nothing. He said, y'all just leave me over here in this corner. I'll be all right. Y'all just chat. So we had our, our girls visit. And so she said, and, and what is this to me that you should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of your, your greeting was heard in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things. That's what she went there for. She went to get Gabriel's word confirmed. Through somebody she knew she could trust to confirm it. You see? So favor surrounding her like a shield kept her from going home depressed, moping, worried, drove her to the next place of her divine appointment. Because when you have things that you are carrying in your heart for God, you got to be careful. You just can't go and start bragging about it, ask every Tom, Dick, and Harry what they think about it. And who, who done this? This ain't never been done before. You don't get to down. Uh-uh. You shut it down. And you go exactly where God sends you. Mary then begins to prophesy. She says, my soul does magnify. We all know this, the Magnificat of Mary. They even made a song about it. Where are my Catholic girls at? <laughs> my soul doth magnify. There you go. All right. <laughs> she said, and my spirit rejoices in God. She sings her song of praise. Amen. She said, for he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. So she's not bragging about who she is, even though she's highly favored. Huh? This ain't a gold-studded high heels favor. This is from God. You got me? For behold, henceforth all generations shall she prophesize about herself. Everybody's going to call me blessed. For he that is mighty has done great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him. So this is what's telling you how to get in his favor. Fear the Lord. Serve him every day. For he has shown strength with his, his arm. He scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel. In remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our father. So she knows the whole story, folks. And his seed forever. And Mary abode with her how long? Long enough to see that baby born. <coughs> when did she conceive? I'm not sure. I try to figure out, you know, how you do it, folks. <laughs> you know, they get married. When they get married. <laughs> You know what I'm saying. I tried to do that. It didn't work for me. So I couldn't determine. But I'm wondering if she did not conceive the Messiah while she was three months staying with Elizabeth. Huh? 
because she's in an anointed atmosphere. She's in a spirit-filled atmosphere. What better place than the whole, for the Holy Spirit to overshadow her? Amen. Then in an atmosphere where people love God. They're not religious. They're not shysters. They're not temple people. But these are real people who love the Lord. It's a blessing to have relatives that serve God. You understand what I'm saying? Because God made it easy. That's favor. It made it easy for her. Oh, it's a family thing. My cousin is the, oh, I can go over there. I can go visit cuz. You understand what I'm saying? She knew she'd be welcome there. So God has given her favor even with keeping herself secluded to the word of God. When God speaks things to you, you've got to shut that word up on the inside of you. And make sure it's nurtured properly so that a lot of prophecies fall flat because people don't meditate them. They don't nurture them. They don't stay in an encouraging atmosphere with them. In a reality, in an atmosphere that's got truth and it's got mercy involved in it. You know, I joke with you girls about, but step it up. You understand what I'm saying? Just step it up in all quarters. Because this is an important thing in your life. You want to get yourself as prepared as possible. Huh? You know, stay out of them, them drive-thrus. Them things that everybody on the 600-pound life, is, is that drive-thru is their biggest downfall. Just saying. You know, not that I can talk, but that, that ain't, you know, that ain't where I hang out. Hang out in my kitchen. My bedroom's next to the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? We all got our vices. But you know what I'm saying. You've got to step it up. Step up to the plate. Act like this is important, you know. Get them pots and pans. You can clang some pans together and get your little wooden spoon and act like you're doing something. You know, faith is like that. Pretty soon God will tell you what to put in that pot and how to put it together so ain't no death in it. Don't call me. Don't call me after the fact. Call 911. You done about killed him now. What you calling all right, so how much time we got? We out? Oh, two. Oh, my. I can wreck this place in two minutes. No. But anyway, but that's Mary, amen? amen. She believed God. Amen. All she had to do was do her initial believing. Favor took her the rest of the way. Huh? So Abraham is our father of the faith. He's the righteous one. Mary is the one who inherits all the favor. Amen. She's highly favored of God. That means God's going to make this easy for you, Mary. You got me? You're not going to have to struggle at every turn. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Joseph is not going to leave you. Joseph had visitations from angels, told him to go ahead and marry Mary anyway. A lot of Hebrew girls didn't make the cut. You understand what I'm saying? You get engaged. He's, oh, his cousin shall be fine. Don't y'all start that kind of nonsense. Huh? You look at him long enough, he will look good to you. I prophesy that to you. Don't get squirrely, okay? You know, one man show you some attention and you want to go shopping. Don't start that nonsense. Huh? God made you all that in a bag of chips. So, you know, you go, somebody else start looking at you, they won't see what God wants them to see. Praise God. Mary, I love Mary. Highly favored of God. 
and she accomplished what she was supposed to do, and God accomplished in her what he wanted to do in her. That's got to be our report. Amen? All right. Father, we thank you for allowing us to come into your presence, understanding the favor of God. It's a holy thing. No carnality in this, Lord. Favor is a holy thing. We'll respect it as holy. It does wonderful, marvelous things for us, just as you do. You created favor to be a shield for us. Keep us in the path of righteousness so we can accomplish what you set us here to do. We love you for it, and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up for prayer. Praise God. I just need some true worshipers to stand to your feet right here. Come on.